AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey, Daniel, what's your favorite thing about looking at the night sky? You know, I should probably say something inspirational about physics, etc. But honestly, being a family man, my favorite thing is that it means my kids are probably asleep. <laughs> That's what the night sky means to you, that uh, they're safely tucked in bed? <laughs> exactly. Or it's, do you mean actually it's, asleep? It's time for the adult portion of the day. <laughs> that sounds that sounds kind of racy. <laughs> Trust me, my evenings not that exciting. But do you mean like they're in bed or they're just asleep or what makes it calm? Well, they're in bed and they're quiet. That's all I really care about, honestly. Whether they're asleep or not is their business. No, but seriously, uh, let's say like you're looking at the night sky. What does it make you think of as a physicist, as an explorer, as a as a thinker? You know, it makes me think about vastness. The hugeness of space, of course, you know, but also like the vastness of time. You mean you can see time in the sky? No, but I love that when you look at the sky, it's basically the same sky that people have been looking at and wondering about for as long as people have been looking and wondering. You know, it hasn't changed that much. Uh, I have a question for you. What if it wasn't? What if our night sky changed? Well, that'd be amazing. But as long as my kids stay in bed and stay quiet, I'd be cool with it. cartoonist and the creator of PhD Comics. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist, a parent, and someone who likes to look up at the night sky and enjoy the quiet vastness of space. And something we also share in common is that we are the co-authors of the book We Have No Idea, A Guide to the Unknown Universe. So if you are wondering about what we don't know, what physicists have no idea about in our great big universe, please check out that book. It's a lot of fun and it features a lot of Jorge's hilarious cartoons. So check it out. It's what neither a physicist nor a cartoonist knows about the universe. It also features a lot of Daniel's hilarious physics. So if you're into both <laughs> hilarities, please uh, check it out. 
But today, welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. That's right, our podcast in which we think about all the things that are surrounding us, all the things up in the sky and down here on Earth, and try to explain them to you in a way that makes you laugh and hopefully illuminates your understanding of the world around us. Yeah, and we also think about the big what-if questions in the universe. Or if we can't use what-if because it's copyrighted by Randall Monroe of XKCD, <laughs> we also tackle the what-would-happen-ifs <laughs> of the right. universe. We consider ourselves sort of a breeding ground for the next generation of disaster movies by Michael Bay. <laughs> he's done the huge shark, he's done the crazy storm, what's next? What? Right. The big asteroid. That's right. He's done that already. So we are just generating ideas for the next summer blockbuster. I think it's something a lot of people maybe wonder about out there. You know, what could be the next huge thing that could happen in this crazy, chaotic universe that might affect my life? And you don't have to speculate. I know that people out there wonder because they write to us about it. We get emails, people asking us. For example, we did an episode recently about what would happen if the sun became a black hole. That's an honest question that a bunch of people wrote in. People wonder about these things. Mm. It's on people's minds, you know. Uh, Things around us seem stable, but what if something happened? And so this might be uh, another one in our series of what would happen ifs. And so today on the podcast, we are going to be answering the question... What would happen if the Earth lost its moon? Goodbye, moon. <laughs> good night, moon. <laughs> That's right. Although these days, you know, you have to say not just say good night to the moon, you have to say good night to the moon and its first colonizers. Uh, by the Chinese? What, what do you mean? There are living things on the moon now. Because of us? Uh, Yes. Uh, The Israelis crash-landed a probe on the moon, and on that probe were tardigrades, little water bears. And so now we are just awaiting our lunar overlords, the coming of the tardigrade civilization. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What a disaster. (laughs) I know. I know. So be careful with your science, folks. You may accidentally seed a new civilization which destroys ours. Oh, my goodness. And tardigrades are super scary. (laughs) Oh, they're so cute. We're going to do an episode about tardigrades in the next few weeks, so Mm -hmm. tune in for that one. But uh, think about it as we talk about it tonight. Remember, the moon is no longer a lifeless rock. It is now home to about 100 little tardigrades. Do you think they deserve their own country? (laughs) I think uh, Donald Trump will probably try to buy it, yeah. (laughs) Hey, if I can buy Greenland, why can't I buy the moon? (laughs) <laughs> they'll flash a sign they'll make a formation on the surface of the moon saying we are not for sale we are not for sale exactly but it's an interesting question you know the moon is a big fixture in our lives in our skies yeah. in mythology in romance uh, so what would happen right. sort of to the human psyche and to life on earth if the earth lost its moon it's, it's, it's a totally reasonable question and you're saying this was a listener question as well somebody some people wrote this in yeah absolutely people wrote this in and, and wanted to know. And, and as soon as I read it, I thought, that's a good question. I wonder how life would change on, on, the, on the surface of the earth if we lost our moon. So I had to do some research. It was a lot of fun, actually. So thank you, folks, for writing in this question. As an aside, Daniel, I think that's the title of our third book. What would happen if? <laughs> what would happen if? Dun, what would happen dun. if a physicist and a cartoonist got paid to make three books? <laughs> it would never happen, but I just wanted to get a review of our book from one of the tardigrades on the moon. It's a life goal for me. <laughs> so that's what we will be talking about today is the question, what would happen if the earth lost its moon? Like if it suddenly disappeared, Daniel, or if it 
you know, got knocked off and flew off? Or what, what do you think they were thinking when they asked the question? I don't know. Um, I read a book recently by Neil Stevenson. It's a great book. It's called Seven Eves, in which the moon is demolished and all the rubble rains down on Earth. That's a pretty bad scenario. So it might be that people are reading that book and wondering about it. Um, or, you know, just if the moon was like flung out into space, it got hit by an asteroid and deflected. You know, there's lots of different scenarios, but we'll mm -hmm. dig into all of them. Wasn't that also a plot point in Avengers Infinity War? Like Thanos reaches out and he grabs the moon and he brings it down on the Avengers? What? I know you watch these movies. I do watch these movies, times, like but they're like 17 <laughs> hours long, so I don't remember every plot point. Uh, but that's a pretty interesting question. And I imagine people think a lot of things would happen or maybe nothing would happen. Yeah, so um, actually before I did research, before I even had an idea of my own, I went out and I asked folks what they thought would happen if the Earth lost its moon. And where were you in the world when you asked these questions? Or even on the world? <laughs> you were asking tardigrades. I was stuff. crash landing on the moon when I asked these questions. No, um, here these questions were answered in some combination of Heathrow Airport and random cities in Portugal. Cool. So think about it for a second. Uh, what do you think would happen if the Earth lost its moon? Here's what people had to say. We wouldn't have moonlight? Well, I guess the, the tides would be out of balance and we should have uh, floods coming. Yeah, because the whole stability of the whole system will fail and then the Earth will lose the momentum and the oceans will, I don't know what, but it's not possible to have life on Earth without the moon. Life on Earth could theoretically survive. It is possible we could survive without a moon. However, climates would be much more unstable. I think it wouldn't be too bad for life on Earth, except for those tidal creatures. Does the moon impact our seasonal change? No, I don't think so. Although at nighttime, it does make the evening flowers bloom. All right. It seems like uh, uh, only bad things would happen, <laughs> is what people guessed. Nobody said, like, great. No moon. I hate the moon. Good riddance. Yeah, that's true. The moon has a good, good, um, it's pretty favorable, I guess. I wonder if people ever do surveys, like rate the favorability or unfavorability of astronomical <laughs> objects. What's the most popular If planet? you had to vote for this candidate or for the moon, who would you want? to be as your president. But what do you think is the most popular astronomical object? What if you ask people like, which object in the sky would you delete if you had to delete one? I guess, which is the least popular astronomical oh, object? Least popular, huh? It's like those surveys online, like what's your most unpopular <laughs> movie that you love or most popular movie that you hate? Yeah, which, oh. all right, so write in folks and let us know which astronomical object do you love to hate? Pluto, probably. <laughs> Pluto. <laughs> yeah, poor Pluto. Um, but yeah, people people mostly <laughs> said negative things would happen, right? Nobody would be happy if the moon went yeah. away. And there's a big spectrum of possible right. outcomes here. I like the person who said, we wouldn't have moonlight. <laughs> like, that's a disaster. <laughs> you always like the, the technical answers, the trivial technical answers, right? <laughs> well, if we didn't have a moon, we wouldn't have moonlight. <laughs> Technically true, yes. <laughs> But did you think he meant it more like romantically, that like romance would be affected on Earth if there was no moonlight? It probably would be, yeah. There'd probably be a different cycle of uh, of conception and birth if there wasn't the moonlight. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's a great question. We'll be talking about what would happen physically, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not necessarily biologically or romantically, but kind of like well, how would the physics of our everyday life change mm -hmm. if the moon suddenly disappeared?
Well, Daniel, let's step through it first. Uh, first of all, could it happen? Like, could our moon just disappear or move away or float away? There are lots of ways that we could lose our moon, right? Um, number one, if something hits the moon, you know, a really big asteroid or something, the moon is in orbit around the Earth, but that's a little bit delicate, right? It's stable, but if it gets knocked out of orbit, it's pretty tough to get back into orbit. So yeah, it could get deflected. You mean like an orbit is a very delicate thing, right? Like it's a, something that you could easily fly away or crash into the planet if you disturb the orbit. Yeah, exactly. Of all the possible trajectories around a planet, there's a very tiny fraction of them that are a stable orbit, right? And so you change your trajectory and, you know, pretty sure soon you're slingshotting around the planet and then off into space or something. Um, but, you know, the moon is hit right. all the time. That's why it's covered in craters. Usually it's just hit by a little rock and it doesn't change its motion significantly. But there are bigger rocks out mm. there. And if one of them hit the moon, then it could get deflected into outer space. Sure. How big do you think it would of a rock would it take to knock the moon out of orbit? I haven't done any calculations, but, you know, I think it'd have to be pretty substantial. You know, you're talking something like, uh, you know, hundreds of meters wide. A really, a really pretty big solid rock. And we're sort of, uh, I heard also, we're, we're kind of losing the moon anyways. Like the moon doesn't want to be around us, really. <laughs> it's sort of edging slowly for another planet. <laughs> it's backing away. <laughs> <laughs> Out of the party, they're like, all right, you guys are kind of crazy. I am going to slowly move over to Mars. Yeah, there's a good party going on on Venus. So uh, see you later. Text ya. Um, no, we're losing the moon. It's not actually in a totally stable orbit. It's um, getting further away every year, but just by a tiny amount, just by a few centimeters. Um, I looked it up. It's about four wow. centimeters per year. And that's just the way it is. It's, it's like in an orbit that is not stable. It's not in an orbit that self-corrects or stays in its lane the whole time. It's like in a spiral outward away from the Earth. That's right. And you have to remember that the Earth and the moon are a system. Right? They're both orbiting the center of mass of the Earth and the Moon. Like imagine if the Moon and the Earth had the same mass. Then their center of mass would be between them, literally, and they would both be moving around that point. But they're not the same mass. The Earth is much, much heavier than the Moon. And so the center of mass of the two is closer to the center of the Earth. So, But the two are really orbiting this point that's a slightly offset from the center of the Earth and they're both spinning. So it's a big complicated system and energy is moving from one part of it to another. And so the moon's rotation gets further out, right? Um, but that also means it gets more angular momentum. So the, so the angular momentum has to come from somewhere. So as the moon get, drifts away, the earth actually slows down a little bit. You mean the days get longer? Yeah, it's complicated. It's complicated. And so this, uh, you know, this whole system, it's not entirely stable, but it's a little bit stable. It actually turns out it's more stable. Uh, you get fewer fluctuations. We'll talk about it more in depth later. But it plays a big role in keeping the earth in a sort of a stable rotation and, and spin. I have been feeling like the, our, my days are, are getting longer. <laughs> You know, I just don't have the same energy I had before when I was younger. I don't know why. <laughs> you need more bananas. Most people feel like as they get older, the days just fly by. So that's one way the moon could disappear. It could uh, literally get knocked off course and fly away, or it, it is sort of slowly moving mm -hmm. away. What, what are some other ways that the moon, we could lose the moon? Well, the most catastrophic would be if it got hit by a rock and it didn't get deflected into space, but it got like broken up. The moon is, is you know, not as like strong as the Earth. It's not as well held together. It's more of a pile of rubble than the earth is because it doesn't have like inner magma and all that stuff. And so it could get broken up. 
And that's exactly what happens in that novel we were talking about earlier, Seven Eves. Neil Stevenson does like fantastic research for his novels. I've never found a physics mistake in any of them, and I read them very, very carefully. And it, in that, people at first are like, wow, cool, look, the moon is exploding, and there's all these shooting stars. But then quickly they realize, oh, this is just a bunch of rocks raining down on the earth, and that's not good. The moon turned into shooting stars, and all that rain down on the earth, it would heat up the atmosphere, and a lot of those pieces would land, and you know, it's like getting hit by a, by a planet killer. Would it necessarily crash into earth like wouldn't like if the moon cracked into two would it necessarily crash down or would, it, would the two halves just keep going around the same orbit it depends a lot on how the cracking happens if you like exactly crack it in place then yeah they could keep orbiting just sort of cracked but if it's a big collision then some of it's going to get blown out into space and some of it's going to turn into a ring around the earth because some of it will find a stable orbit but a lot of it will just fall into the gravity well of earth and land on earth and kill a bunch of people so not a happy scenario so don't shoot the moon don't shoot the moon that's right <laughs> don't shoot for the moon or at the moon or right. unless you're playing hearts you're welcome to shoot, shoot the moon but the moon. if you are in possession of a moon busting <laughs> rocket please do not shoot the moon all right so uh, it, it could maybe happen and so let's dig into what would happen if the moon disappeared either by some physical process or just in our imaginations if somebody snapped their finger and their moon just disappeared what would happen to us here on earth but first let's take a quick break Physicists are famously sticklers for detail. And when it comes to the fine print contracts and hidden fees from wireless providers, I've learned that there's always a catch somewhere. So when I heard that the Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, where's the catch? But now I'm convinced there isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online, so they cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass all those savings directly to you. So you can say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, draw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. All of Mint Mobile's plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month go to mintmobile.com slash universe that's mintmobile.com slash universe cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe additional taxes fees and restrictions apply see Mint Mobile for details how do you feel about eating plastic if you went to a restaurant and saw plastic on the menu would you order it well turns out that we're all eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic every week yep that's right the products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. Yuck. Well, what can we do about it? Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's not complicated. Refillable cleaning products without sacrificing on design. Their products have a beautiful, cohesive style that looks great on your counter. My family got the sampler pack and it already smelled great when we opened the box. Everything works super well, stuff gets really clean, and it's all super easy to use. So it's no extra hassle in our lives and we feel great knowing we're generating less plastic waste. Blueland has a special offer for listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash universe. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash universe for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash universe to get 15% off. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, Daniel, we're talking about what would happen if the moon disappeared. And uh, from a physics point of view, uh, what would happen to the Earth if the moon suddenly flew away or suddenly, um, I don't know, collapsed? (laughs) If the masters of the simulation just deleted it somehow? (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, one of the most immediate things, the effects of the moon on life on Earth, of course, is its gravity, right? The moon is a big ball of, of stuff and it has gravity and that gravity pulls on the Earth. And as a lot of people probably know, the moon causes tides on the earth because it's pulling on the water that's on the earth and it's literally lifting it up a little bit off the surface. It's like sucking up the water up, right? Yeah, exactly. Remember how gravity works. It depends on the distance, right? So the closer you are to the moon, the stronger the force of the moon on you. And so on the close side of the earth, right, things are getting pulled harder than on the far side of the earth. What happens is that every object ends up becoming sort of not spherical, but more like an ellipse, right? Where the stuff that's on the closer side gets pulled up, you know, to be closer. And the stuff that's on the farther side isn't getting pulled as hard. And so it stretches out sort of long ways that way. So the Earth, instead of being a sphere, it becomes a little obloid, both closer to the moon and away from the moon. Wait, that's where tides come from? That's where tides come from, right? It's not, it's not the, because the moon is going around the Earth? Or both, both things are Well, happening. the reason the tides change is because the moon is going around the earth and the tides follow it, right? And, uh, you know, the, the reason it's the water is just because water is easier to move than rock, right? The, it does also slightly squeeze the earth and change the shape of the earth, but that's um, a much smaller effect than just changing the levels of the ocean because obviously water is much easier to squeeze than rock. I always wonder what's sort of actually happening when the tides go up and down, you know, like... It's, it's the moon pulling on the water, and so the water becomes less dense, or, you know what I mean? Like, it, how does it go up? Like, it's more about where the water is on Earth, right? The, you, have, you have the huge ocean, and all the oceans are basically connected, and sea level is not a constant all the way around the Earth, right? Sea level is not the um, same distance from the center of the Earth everywhere around the Earth because of the tides, some of the water is getting uh, gathered together into a bigger, deeper pile on some places, and it's getting slurped up from other places. So you get less water in the oceans on the sides and more water in the oceans on the moon side and on the opposite side. It's like a, it's recruiting water to where the moon is. Yeah, exactly. Like, say you took the... all the water and you put it in the Pacific Ocean, all the water from all the other oceans, and put it in the Pacific Ocean, obviously that ocean would be deeper and they, the other ones would be shallower. It's basically that on a much smaller uh, scale. So it's not a density thing. No. Like there's less gravity or more gravity. Yeah, but the water, it's kind of cool. Like the, the moon is lifting the water, right? It's like 
gathering the water together into a pile. Um, that's it's a real size. You know, it, it sort of blows my mind. That the moon is big enough, given how far away it is, to actually like make piles of stuff on Earth just due to its gravity. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's a little circle in the sky, and yet it's pulling a bunch of water into space. Yeah, kind of. yeah. It's a it's a big effect, and you know, people, um, some biologists give tides a big role in the development of life. Really? Yeah, because one theory goes that you know, in the sort of primordial soup where you have all these organic materials float around in oceans, that the tidal regions are the best place for life to start, because the water is sort of mixing a lot, right? You get the tides coming in and out, mm. and you're getting a lot of waves and splashing and. And you get like periods. Like a lot of churn. Yeah, a lot of churn, exactly. And so, I mean, I think it's just speculation, oh. but I think people think that tides play a role in the development of life. You know, we can't go back and do the other oh. experiment, like delete the moon, run the Earth simulation and see if life takes longer <laughs> to develop. But it's a cool idea, right? You mean like life wouldn't just develop in a, in a lake or a pond? Yeah. They sort you, of, you need that sort of like motion to get things going. Mm -hmm. And also, they, they notice that these brackish ecosystems where you mix fresh and salt water, and those get mixed due to tides, those that have the most diversity. And so I think that's another argument oh. that the uh, origin of life on Earth was affected by tides. All right, so if we didn't have the moon, we wouldn't have tides Not quite. All, not, or? That's the fascinating thing, is that you delete the moon, tides are not gone, they're just smaller. And the reason is that we also have tides because of the sun. What? Yeah, the sun it makes perfect sense, right? The sun is much further away, but much, much huger than the moon. And it also pulls on the earth, obviously. And so it pulls stuff closer to it more strongly and stuff on the opposite side less strongly. And so it does the same thing to the earth's oceans that the moon does. But of course, in a slightly wow. different angle, right? So you have the, the tides right. on earth are complicated because you got the little tides from the sun and you got the big tides from the moon. And, you know, that's why the tides sometimes are smaller than others. Wow, I had no idea. I never thought about it before. It, I guess, you know, I guess the sun, it seems so far away and so little in the sky, but it's really swinging the earth around like a slingshot. And so some of that must affect the water on the surface. Yeah, absolutely does. So we would still have tides without the moon. We just wouldn't have as strong a tide. And the tides would be more regular because we have this complicated two-body effects where you have two different things with two different periods, sometimes adding up to each other, sometimes contradicting each other. Right, so we have more complicated oh. tides and larger tides because we have the moon and the sun. So uh, we would have smaller tides, or yeah. like half as much, or like a tenth. What do you think? I think it's about be? a quarter. Yeah, I think the moon is the majority of the tides, but the sun is a is a non negligible effect. Mm. So maybe we wouldn't miss it in that way, or maybe life could have still develop without the moon. Yeah, probably, probably. And the moon and the tides have a lot of effect on the atmosphere as well, right? Not just the water but it affects um, the tides and, and the just the gravitational pull of the moon. It squeezes the atmosphere and affects things like global currents. And, uh, and so you get a lot more mixing just in general in the atmosphere because you have the moon. And so people speculate that if you didn't have the moon, not only would you not have tides, you'd have different patterns of global currents and you'd have stronger wow. regional weather patterns because it wouldn't be as much sort of global mixing and evening out of stuff. All right, so it would affect the tides, but maybe not completely. Mm -hmm. And what else would happen if the moon disappeared? Well, obviously, we wouldn't have uh, eclipses, right? Like, you know, without the moon, you can't get the moon's shadow on the Earth. Either kind of eclipse, like a lunar eclipse or a solar <laughs> eclipse. You, That's true. You need the moon for yeah, both. Yeah, you need the moon for both. And you might scoff at that, but, you know, eclipses are they're, they're kind of amazing events. 
I had the opportunity to, to, to be in the um, full eclipse region for the last one. And I was shocked at how, uh, how sort of a deeply spiritual event it was for me, somebody who's not really very spiritual at all. And I think that eclipses wow. in history have also inspired a lot of thinkers and, and astronomers, early astronomers. And so I think um, without having eclipses, we would have a bit of a different culture. Do you think it would have affected our scientific development? You know, like would having the moon there got us thinking about planets and orbits and, you know, bodies and mass and motion, right? Because didn't Newton sort of use the moon in his thinking about gravity? Absolutely. I think it's vital because there's this incredible step in human history and physics that, that Newton accomplished connecting motion of stuff on earth to motion of stuff in the sky, right? To say maybe the same rules that apply here on earth also apply to stuff in the sky. And that's a much easier leap to make if you can see stuff in the sky that seems concrete, right? The stars and all that stuff, they're just tiny dots. You have no idea if they're really things or they're just lights up in some, some ceiling. But the moon looks like a thing, right? It looks like a big rock. It's immediate. It's there. And so I think it's very helpful for early thinkers to understand that the stuff out there in the sky was just more like the stuff here on Earth. It maybe got us thinking that maybe the sky is not just a big canvas with pinpoints on them, right? Like maybe there are, there are things out there yeah. floating around. And we, and we can understand them, right? They follow the rules that we can figure out. That's an incredible moment in the history of like human intellectual thought, right? That we could understand the, the cosmos. All right, so no eclipses, smaller tides. What else would happen? If we said good night forever. <laughs> yeah, well, we would have darker nights, right? The moon is basically a big mirror for the sun. And so when the sun is on the other side of the planet, the moon provides a little bit of reflection of the sun's light. And so, you know, we've all been out on a on a on a the night when you have a full moon and it's much easier to see. And there's a lot of animals that rely on the moon. But it affects some animals in a good way and some in a bad way, right? Yeah, for example, some animals like owls, right? They hunt at night, right? And they, they use the moonlight. They have very powerful eyes, mm. but they need some light. And so if owls have to hunt by only starlight, then, you know, they're not going to find as many rats. And so conversely, right. um, getting rid of the moon would be good for it's rats. Good for the rats. <laughs> <laughs> because they mostly come out at night to find their food and their main predator is owls. And so if it's darker, then it's easier to scurry along and, you know, find that pizza on the on the New York subway or whatever. So if you're a pro-rat, this would be a good thing. <laughs> Wait, if you're pro-owls... <laughs> you make that sound like pro-rat is impossible. I am pro-rat because... Uh, <laughs> no, I am. I'm pro-rat. You're pro-rata or pure pro-rat? You may not be aware, but I, we actually have rats as pets at home. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember mm, that. Yeah, so rats yeah. are very sweet, very on intelligent. On purpose. <laughs> we got them on purpose, yes. <laughs> Um, they're very sweet, very intelligent, very loving, very smart little creatures, actually. All right. So you're in the pro-rat camp. Yeah. And also because uh, while the moon played some role in, you know, helping us think about the cosmos, it's actually kind of annoying from an astronomical point of view because it can ruin a nice dark night. Oh, which is you couldn't, you can't see the stars very yeah. well when the moon is out. Yeah, like I've gone camping sometimes. And one of my favorite things about camping is getting to look up at the night sky and seeing a really dark night because it's incredible how many stars are out there, right? And most people who live yeah. in big cities, they have no idea how many stars are visible in the night sky. But when you go out in the middle of nowhere and you're far from everything and you can finally see the Milky Way and all of its beautiful glory, but then there's the moon <laughs> and all you can see is the moon and nothing else, you know, it's, washing it exactly. out. Exactly. 
And so um, it's an eyesore <laughs> for romantic physicists. It's beautiful. No, you're right. I was just uh, camping the other day, and I, you know, I remember looking up and seeing the Milky Way, and it was amazing. And my kids were super impressed. And I hadn't thought about it back then, but you're right. I think it was a moonless night. And if the moon had been out, we we wouldn't have seen these things. All right, uh, let's get into what else would happen if we lost the moon. And this one is a little bit more serious. Uh, I have to say, it would actually affect you on a daily basis. But first, let's take a quick break. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai, if you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. All right, we're talking about what would happen if the moon disappeared. And we've talked about smaller tides, no eclipses, which would be a bummer for poets and um, ancient civilizations, perhaps, uh, and darker nights. Uh, but there is sort of a serious consequence to having no moon, right? Yeah, exactly. This is a bit of speculation based on modeling people have done. But it seems like having a moon plays a big role in the Earth's rotation and in its tilt. Right, so the Earth spins around once a day, but it's also tilted off of its axis, right? Which is why we have seasons. Like sometimes you're tilted a little bit closer to the sun, sometimes you're tilted a little further from the sun. And so the Earth's rotation 
controls the length of the day and its tilt controls the so the magnitude of our seasons. And as we were talking about before, the Earth and the Moon are part of a, of a complicated system of angular momentum. And, and it seems like mm-hmm. having a moon makes the Earth situation a little bit more stable. Like planets without a moon, it's easier for their tilt to change. Like we could, the way we're, we're spinning around in place, not just around the sun, could change. Like we could tilt more towards the sun or away from the sun. Yeah, exactly. We're more susceptible, for example, being struck by rocks or um, this kind of stuff. And the only way we could absorb the angular momentum of some like impact or something would be by the earth changing its tilt or changing its rotation speed. But if you have a moon, you have a more complicated system that can absorb it in other ways. And so, you know, if uh, some big... Oh, it's like a buffer. Yeah. It's like a gravitational buffer. Yeah, exactly. It's oh. like a gravitational buffer. And you can dump some of that stuff into the moon, like, well, make the moon spin faster or make the moon go around a little faster or whatever. And so... Uh, without affecting us. Yeah. And so it seems like having a moon makes the whole system a little bit more stable for the Earth. So, you know, we could end up, like, if we lost our moon, we could end up in a situation where we have no tilt, right? Which means we have, like, no seasons, Right, because the tilt is what gives you seasons, right? Yeah, exactly. The tilt of the Earth relative to the sun means sometimes the people in the north are closer to the sun and sometimes means they're further away from the sun, right? Yeah, so if we lost our moon, we'd lose a bit of our gravitational angular momentum buffer and we'd be more susceptible to some of these big changes, which could have like obviously huge effects on the climate and survivability of the Earth well beyond whether rats can get gobbled up by owls or whether or not Jorge can see the Milky Way on his camping trip. There would be uh, no seasons or there could be crazy extreme seasons, which um, and maybe that would, those kinds of things wouldn't support life, right? It would be um, a big deal. It would be a big deal, yeah. All right, Daniel. So um, those are all pretty cool, um, but I'm a little bit worried now. Should I be worried? Is the moon going to be going away anytime soon? All these things are fun to think about, you know, interesting to sort of probe the physics of the situation, but none of these things are very likely to happen, right? We've been watching the skies for a long time. We're pretty sure that there are no big rocks headed for us that are likely to obliterate the moon. It'd be pretty surprising if that happened. As long as we are friendly to the programmers who run the simulation and they don't just decide to delete the moon from our existence, then I think we can count on having the moon for uh, you know a lot longer. Right. In fact, I was thinking it'd be kind of a best case scenario, actually, if like an asteroid hits the moon and knocks it out of orbit. That's like a good thing because it means it didn't hit, hit us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But we'd sort of use up our buffer on that one asteroid and we'd be totally vulnerable to the next one. <laughs> Be like those movies where the the bullet is headed is headed towards you, but then somebody runs in and intercepts it. <laughs> That's right, exactly. And you you lose that person, hit. but uh, at least you didn't get shot. The target greats are like, "We'll save you." <laughs> That's right. That's right. So maybe thanks to the Israelis for founding the lunar colony. <laughs> cool, but I imagine also that um, even if it, we lost the moon through whatever reason. It doesn't sound like immediate death for us, you know. It would mean changes in patterns and tides and seasons, but maybe not immediate, like we're dead in the water. Yeah, it would not be immediate death. We'd have some time to adjust. And, you know, even if the Earth seasons get more dramatic, we'll figure it out. You know, think about the the careful, considered way that we're dealing with climate change right now. Doesn't that give you confidence that we'll be able to handle something like that? (laughs) Sarcasm, sarcasm, sarcasm. (laughs) That's what a sarcastic physicist is. (laughs) There you go. 
No, I, but this is definitely solidly in the fun to think about, but not actually worry about category. All right. Well, uh, so if you're a rat lover, uh, you can rest at ease that <laughs> all those rats out there are going. No, wait, you should be worried. That's <laughs> <laughs> You don't need to worry about sorry, rats. Sorry, if you're a rat lover, then uh, I'm sorry, we, we, we can't give you any comment. You know what? Rats are going to survive longer than we are, I think. All right. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you for sending these fascinating questions. If you have a question about a crazy hypothetical situation you'd like us to work out in detail, send it to us at questions at danielandjorge.com. So in the meantime, go out there, look at the moon, and appreciate its beauty. Or it's absence if you want to look at the stars and the Milky Way. <laughs> That's right. And the Milky Way. Moons are something you never appreciate until you lose them. Hope you enjoyed it. See you next time. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge. That's one word. Or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Oh, okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say, Nothing. Because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.